Hey everybody, welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways that we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany. I'm the Associate Minister at Holly Hill Church of Christ, and we are broadcasting live right here from Holly Hill, and I have our intern with us, Nathan, joining with me to discuss finding our, our identity and our purpose. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm I'm doing excellent, and uh, I'm excited for us to have. I think this really, I hope a really meaningful conversation for those who are joining us uh, online live. Thank you for being here. Uh, as I stated, we'll be talking about you know finding our purpose, finding our identity, and uh, I think we want to start by sharing some some maybe some fun stories. And uh, if you're joining with us live, we'd love to hear you share maybe. A story of a time of maybe a mistaken identity, whether you were mistaken for someone that you weren't, or maybe you thought someone else was someone that they weren't. And uh, Nathan, I know we were on here before we went live, and you just kind of encountered this not too long ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was, it was right before, right before uh, we got on to prepare everything for the live stream. Uh, I, okay. I, I work, I mean, I'm currently the intern at, at Holly Hill. Um, but I'm also the youth minister at the Sardis church of Christ in Sardis, Tennessee. And so I wound up, okay. Me and Jonathan got on here to like work on tech stuff at like seven forty-five. Well, I get a call probably seven thirty-eight um, from, uh, one of my elders at Sardis. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is important. Um, I better take this. Uh, hope it doesn't go too long. Good call. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I pick up the phone, and I'm like, hello? And then no answer. I don't hear anything. I'm like, hello? And I say hello probably five, five or six times because, you know, this is one of my elders, and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't need to hang up on him. You know, I'm trying my best to be, you know, respectful. Um, and then just no answer. And then eventually, I guess he hung up, and I was like, okay, maybe he accidentally called me and just didn't realize he called me. Um, and then I get a call from another number, same area code, Scotts Hill, Tennessee, so I know I know who it is. And so I pick up, and I answer, and I'm like, hello. He's like, uh, okay, can you hear me now? I said, yes, sir. Um, and he said, all right. And he started talking to me about, uh, you know, stuff about the roof of the church building. We've been... <laughs> trying to uh, re re redo the roof on the church building for uh, a few months now. I know the plans got put on hold because of all the, the, the nonsense going on, but uh, I, I guess, I guess, you know, we're finally moving forward. And he was telling me all kinds of things about uh, what he wanted me to do for the roof. Oh boy. And, you know, I'm in Frankfort, Kentucky on an internship. So no like, excuses. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, I said, I mean, I'd be glad to help with that, but 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 what do you what do you want me to do about that? Um, <laughs> he said, uh, "You're the you're the roofing guy, right?" I said, "No, this is Nathan, the, the youth minister." <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, "Oh, oh I'm trying to, we're trying to re-roof the church building," and so we wound up having a a little catch-up conversation about everything going on in the congregation. It was a nice conversation. Well, good. Yeah, ended right about the time that we got on for this. So, yeah, well, that, so that, that, was... that that's always good. That's always fun. You know, I've done a roofing job before, 
and it's absolutely no fun. Uh, it's hot, you know. I, you know, some people would be like, "Oh no, I'm scared to fall off." That's not the fear of falling off a roof. The fear is, you know, when you're doing that nail gun. Man, if you miss a stud and someone's inside the house, you know, hey, look out, you know, <laughs> you know. But no, I, I, I have kid. But if you're just joining us, we're sharing stories before we get started with uh, times where maybe there was some mistaken identity. And I can remember a time, and I won't reveal any names, but uh, I was making a call to a member um, at a church to ask for some assistance, to catch up. And I, I have an out-of-state area code pretty much wherever I live, you know, in all the ministry jobs I've had. I still have a Louisiana number. And I called, and I said, you know, hey, so-and-so, how's it going? And I hear this pausing, you, you got to be kidding me. And I went, what? I said, how's it going? I said, it's Jonathan. And uh, I got a reply that, that I was not expecting. Let's just leave it at that. A reply that I don't think uh, he would have used if he knew who I was. And uh, I said, um... It's Jonathan again um, from from church, and then there was a long pause, and then an apology, and then a laughing for about five minutes. So you know that that was a a, a fun time. If if you would like to know exactly what was said, um, you could you could private message me, and I probably still I probably still won't tell you, but um, it was quite the the conversation. So now every time we see each other. Or every time we get to catch up, uh, I get to say, how's it going, my friend? (laughs) (laughs) Some people know what's happening now. Some people know the story. He said I could use that story and tell on him, but but I won't use his name. I I like him too much to do that. (laughs) But, uh, But that was fun. But it looks like we're not getting anyone else willing to share a story where they were they mistakenly thought somebody was somebody else or anything like that. So we'll go ahead and get started and uh, talking about, I guess, something more important, you know, which is our identity and how, as Christians, are, you know, how do we find our identity? Because in a world today, it seems that so many people, whether they're young or old, you know, we like to act like this is just a problem for young people. But uh, I, I would I would venture to say it's a problem for for all ages. A question of who am I? You know why do you think that's such a popular question for people to ask? Who am I? Well, it's always important. I mean, I would argue vitally important to have a proper understanding of who you are. Yeah. And I think it is really hard to answer that question, especially on your own. And as but we, we try, don't we? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we try to do all kinds of things. Who who's uh, going to tell me who I am? That's just that you know, and right. and we, we keep hearing that's only a, that's only something you can answer for yourself. So then, when we hear this, we almost feel like we have to make that decision by ourselves. And, you know, that's, you know, we, we, we go to a lot of uh, sources trying to find that out. We go to a lot of places trying to find that out. Yeah. Uh, 
try to do a lot of things in order to find that out. Unfortunately, a lot of times we go to a lot of sins to try to find that out. Yeah. You know, I... Let me tell you, you, you ask that question, Satan's got a boatload of answers. Oh, yeah. You know, when we when, if someone were to ask you, describe who you are. Like if I was say, Nathan, describe, you know, who is Nathan? You know, would you say, you know, well, uh, I'm a college student. Would you say, well, uh, I'm, a, I'm a boy from Tennessee? <laughs> you know, would you say, I'm filling the blank? You know, I can't help think of uh, the scene from Anger Management when he's like, tell us about yourself. You know, tell us who you are. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. No, no, no. I mean, tell us who you are. And he starts, like, making him really angry. That's, what I, that's pretty much what I think about. But seriously, you know, when, we, when someone asks us, who are you? How do you answer that question? And, and for those who are watching, when someone says, who are you? Or describe yourself. How do we describe ourselves? Well, what is what is first thing that comes to our mind? You know, is it I'm an American? Is, is it I'm Republican? Is it I'm Democrat? Is it I'm a sports player? I'm a band geek. I'm a, I was a band geek, so I can say that. Is it, you know, I, I do this, I do that. Is it your job? Well, I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm a, you know, a mechanic. I'm a minister. I'm a social worker. I'm a painter. You know, I'm, let's see, we got other people in the room. I'm an accountant. You know, uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom that works more than you do. You're probably right. You know, man, uh, I love our stay-at-home moms. They work really hard. Especially. You know, oh, especially right now, yes. <laughs> yeah, especially when school was, you know, oh, let's shut down the schools. Now stay-at-home moms are like, what's happening? You know, <laughs> you know but as we're, as we're thinking about all of these things, how do we answer that question? And I feel like the right answer, we all, I mean, those who are watching, hopefully we know the right answer being well our identity should be or should be well i'm a christ follower you know i'm a christian and that should define the rest of our lives but is that actually who we are you know it's one thing to say oh i i follow christ or i believe in christ but i I think maybe we get those two confused we think just because we believe in christ means well that's my identity but i would often say Unless we're actually following Christ, that's not our identity just yet. Right. That's not who we define ourselves as being. Right. Uh, I think describing yourself, describing oneself as a follower of Christ produces in different people and at the same time the most amount of satisfaction and the most amount of fulfillment in life that you can receive because in the end, the only thing that really can fulfill your life is surrendering and deciding to be a Christ follower. And at the same time, producing the most amount of cognitive dissonance. You know, if you've heard that term, uh, for those of you that haven't, uh, cognitive dissonance is when you think one thing about yourself, but subconsciously, you know that you're not that. And so, yeah, yeah. So your subconscious starts battling your conscience, yourself, your 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 everyday thoughts, and so they come into conflict. And so, 
and, and it's especially when, when you start to uh, you add in who you are, who you think you are, and who you want to be. Yeah. When the three things are not in alignment, bad stuff happens up here. I like that. Who? So you said who you are, who you want, who you think you are, and who you want to be, right? Yeah. So I may want to be a follower of Christ. You know, my dad in here is saying I am a child of the king. You know, I may desire to be a child of the king, and I may think I'm a child of the king, but if I act like a jerk or I act like an any, you know, something that Christ isn't, I'm yeah. not acting like a child of the king now we are all children of god right but once yeah. we but you know when we fall away when we sin we are fallen children of god yeah. and we are sinful children of god now we all sin but because of the blood of christ because of baptism that we enter we contact the blood of christ we can be faithful children of god and holy children of god Right, mm -hmm. but the question remains: Am I acting as if I am actually a child of the King? Mm -hmm. What am I? How are my actions? Are my actions yeah. reflecting who I say I am? Because mm -hmm. let's be honest: We are who we are. What you know, our identity is in what we do. Now, I'm not saying in the job we do. I'm not saying in maybe some of the the hobbies we have necessarily. Although we should all have, we shouldn't have hobbies that are anti are, are of things that are not of Christ. And what right. I mean by that, I'm not saying, oh, things that aren't, you know, worship stuff. No, I'm saying things that Christ would not be a part of, you know, but if we're saying, if I am not involved in those things, then my, then is my, am I living in an identity that's under being a child of God, being a child right. of the King, as my dad said, that's, that's really difficult for us to answer. Because that means we have to do some pretty hard personal reflection. Right. Pretty hard meditation. You know, I, I often think of, um, well, when we're talking about this, I, I think of the uh, Isaiah passage when Isaiah is being shown, uh, and I use this in a, on a Sunday night lesson for those in Holly Hill who are watching, of the potter and the clay. And uh, I have a good friend. Well, I say good friend. Uh, we, ha we, we, we don't speak as much anymore. We grew up together, and uh, he's a Matt Rouge, Andrew. And uh, he, he, is a, well, he does some wonderful stuff with pottery, absolutely beautiful stuff. I have a little ornament in, in, our, um, in our living room that stays there permanently, not just at Christmas because it's really cool. And, um, but when, you, when he showed the potter and the clay, and he says, you know, the potter is forming this clay, to shape it into what he designs it to be, to be purposeful for his purpose, for his intent. And that's how we are with God. So if my identity is in God, I'm allowing him to shape me, to use me. Mm -hmm. And that means I have to be willing to say I am that clay. My identity isn't just a child of the king, but it's I'm the clay of God. Right. And, and the clay doesn't say, Oh, I'm going to mold myself. I'm going to figure this out myself. You know, if you know, if I had a piece of Play-Doh, and we're going to use this for VBS uh, in this next week uh, when we do our outside event. If I just if I give Play-Doh to a kid and said, "Okay, guys, I want y'all to make a really cool project with your Play-Doh," 
but you just have to tell the Play-Doh what you want it to do, and you can't touch it. What's going to happen to that Play-Doh? It's going to sit. It's going to stand there and sit there in the little plastic thing, and they're going to be like, "Okay, Play-Doh, come out of the little container," and that's about as far as they're going to get because it's not going to move. But we think we're better than that. Oh, I can shake myself. I can make myself who I want to be. Maybe not. Yeah, and 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 I was even picturing, you know, uh, the. The, the kid taking the play-doh out, out of the jar and saying, "Well, I'm going to mold it this way." The play-doh saying, "No, nah, no, nah, I got this. <laughs> I got this. Trust me, I, I can make myself." You know, <laughs> I tell you, and I've used this analogy so many times before in the teenage class, and I think I've used it on here. But but I've I, I can t- you know remember a time or two when someone was trying to give me advice on something or teach me how to do something, and I replied, "I got this." All right. I, I, I can do it. I got it. And then I figuratively face planted. And yeah. the next response I got was, do you want to hear how to do it now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm listening. Right. Yeah. And I think maybe we're either listening to the wrong voices mm-hmm. or we're just not listening. Yeah. Um, I think when you get into that place, you, you have to, because the problem there is you think you're somebody that you're actually not. You think you're who you want to be, but you aren't actually that person. And that mm-hmm. takes proper reflection mm-hmm. on who you are. And then a choice to take actions that will uh, fix that. You have to change your attitude. You have to change. You you have to understand. Okay, I'm not, you know, that person. I, I I am not the person I want to be. So I need to do the things I have to do, even the difficult things, even the little things. Shape everything. Allow God to mold you into the person you want to be. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I'm sorry. And, and this is a, and and this is a a, a bit of a redirect, um, but um. I think oftentimes in the church, I've talked to a lot of people that honestly, they, they, they really do have a lot of great actions. You know, they, they're, they're, they're really, they are the person they want to be in a lot of ways. Um, but they don't feel like they are, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times, um, in the church of Christ, particularly we feel like we're a whole lot worse than we actually are. We feel like God doesn't, you know, God isn't going to be merciful to us. Um, and that's not what God has said. So a lot of times we see the person we want to be. And, and not to say we're perfect, but in a lot of ways we are that person, but we don't feel like we are that person. And that creates just as much cognitive dissonance. That's- we forget what, what, what David wrote in the Psalms when he said, what? I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We don't right. think we're, we don't we don't view ourselves as being wonderfully made, even if we are doing all these great things. Yeah. We think I'm not doing enough. Well, guess what? You can't ever do enough to earn salvation. Right. And right. you know, and I think it's important for us to remember that, and just be, and and we shouldn't be content in the sense of being content right. with not growing, but we should be content in knowing that. 
God created us with talents and gifts to use for his glory and that I don't deserve it and be gracious for the grace that we've been given. You know, Paul writes in First Chron—not uh, First Chronicles, <laughs> First Corinthians, <laughs> woohoo, First uh, Corinthians twelve about different body parts, right? And we could read that. We might read that in a little bit later. But about how we're all different body parts, but we all make up the body of Christ. And I and you hit on something that I actually have written down, which is, you know, being willing to admit when something isn't your gift. And that, that kind of replies, to, or I guess, relates to what you said about maybe we're doing something that really isn't something that is our responsibility. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe we're too often we're too busy saying, well, I wish I could do fill in the blank. And the fill in the blank might be something great. But when you're doing that and that's all you're focused on and you're not focused on the things God gave you to be good stewards of, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't, when we say be good stewards of, we think money and that's true, but he also gave us talents to be good stewards of, right. and he gave us abilities to be good stewards of. And when we're not, if we're, we're yeah. saying, Nope, I don't want that gift. I want that gift. And I'm going to try every day to do that. Who's going to pick up the slack. That is our job. You know, if the arm decided it wanted to be the nose, well, being the nose is important because smell is awesome, man. Smell of pie, mmm, sounds awesome. But if the arm just wanted, you know, to be to do the job of the to do the job of the nose, one, it's never going to be able to do that because it can touch and sense things and pick up things and grab things, but it can't smell. Your fingers can't smell; they don't have that ability, right? But if it tries, it's trying to do a good job. It's not trying to do anything sinful except for the fact that it's not doing its own job mm -hmm. and i feel like you know so we have to be willing to admit when something's not my gift but that also means we have to be willing to admit when something is yeah because we may not you know we may say no i don't want to do that job but god's given us that gift and it might be something we're uncomfortable with it might be something that's even harder but he gave it he gave it to you because he could handle it and because he wanted to use you. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to stand that takes when I, and I have this written down right next to it, listening to the spirit and being still and know that he is God. Yeah, I don't know how the spirit works, but I know we don't listen. I'll tell you, I know one way the spirit works, and that's through prayer. Correct. I have that down, yeah. too. Because that, that's what I was thinking was, uh, you know, this reflection we're talking about. You know, there's there's honest reflection, you know, that you have with yourself. Um, I, I have several ways that I reflect and, and I try to uh, get an understanding of a, a greater understanding than in, in my consciousness of how I feel. Uh, one of them is just uh, before bed. Uh, well, while I'm laying down every night, I just think. Um, I don't distract myself with anything else. I just think about uh, how the day's going, how I feel, and that's one thing. And uh, you know, that's that's one thing. If you do that alone, you know, that's better than a lot of people. What a lot of people are doing, because a lot of people aren't really reflecting at all. Um, but another thing 
is uh, I've taken up journaling recently. Okay. And, uh, just writing out stream of consciousness, you know, and that's just letting yourself just kind of flow. And you write down things and you look at things and you associate things and you realize things about yourself that you would not have understood otherwise just through the stream of consciousness. And the third thing, and this is most important of all, by far, and that's prayer. Mm-hmm. That's a healthy dialogue at prayer and reading scripture, ha- having a healthy relationship, having a healthy dialogue, building that relationship with God, you know, yeah. understanding who the creator is, knowing the creator on a personal level so that you can more greatly understand from the scripture um, what God wants you to do. And through the prayer, you can uh, you can empty your heart out to God. You can lay it all out. And and let me tell you, the spirit, you know, the spirit groans for, you know, he, he intercedes for us in groanings that words can't understand. A lot of th- a lot of times we go into prayer and we don't even know what we want to pray or how we ought to pray. You know, I've, I've you know, you know, uh, got done and I, and I started praying and I had, you know, the prayer started one way, ended another way by the end of the prayer, like completely opposite, 180, because I didn't, I didn't need to pray that, you know? Yeah. And that, right. And I think and, some, I'm sorry, you're going to finish your thought. And so, uh, you know, that those prayers, a lot of times the spirit can reveal things through prayer that you wouldn't have realized otherwise. And so we have to be praying with an attitude of, I think, humility, but also while listening. Because yeah. if we're going back to the being willing to admit when something's not my gift. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that sometimes when we ask God to give us the, the ability to do something, that, that he can, and sometimes he does do that. Oh, yeah. But I do think sometimes we approach prayer as if we're saying, God, uh, I want this. And I'm not going to be happy unless this happens. Now, there's a difference. You do. (laughs) Yeah, there's a difference. You know, prayer can be, hey, God, I really want to do this. Or I really want this to happen. But we, and there's no, there's biblical precedence for people who are praying to God saying, here's what I want. But sometimes what we want and what we think we need isn't what we actually need. You know, if, if parents gave their children everything the children thought they needed, we would have some pretty crazy, one, kids and some pretty crazy parents. Oh, and yeah. uh, I'm not a parent yet, so I can say that. I have a child on the way, but I just know that that's going to be hard for me because we do want, but we also, that also means, though, that I'm going to give considerable thought to what's best for my child. God doesn't just give considerable thought for what's best for us. He knows what's best for us, and he's never wrong. I know that I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do something that I think is best for my child, and I could be wrong. God doesn't make those mistakes. And so when we're in prayer, we need to treat prayer as if saying, like Bruce said, it's not a wish list, but a work list to get what we need and not what we want. Saying, hey, God, I just want to serve you. And I think this might be it, but if you have another direction, I want you to help me make that clear. Give me a direction to go in where I can glorify you and use the talents you've given me. And then we have to be willing to go. You know, yeah. here am I, send me. Not, yeah. oh, wait, here am I, 
no thanks, I'll take the other job. No, it's, if when God says go, we need to go. And and yeah. that applies to anything. Yeah, and and this reminds me somewhat of, uh, you know, the, the, the parable of the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, where, you know, they were praying. And uh, the Pharisee is, is thanking God for making him, you know. Superior. Uh, yeah, better, better than this tax collector here. And the tax collector is saying, Lord, have mercy on me, you know, a sinner. You know, a lot of times if we're not praying humbly, our prayers are damaging. And our prayers are sometimes may not even be heard. Right. I mean, you know, if God gave me everything I'd ever prayed, I would I would have a lightsaber at the age of three. You think that would have gone well? I don't see a problem with that. Oh, I I see nothing wrong with that because I want to because I wouldn't want to. (laughs) I would have done with a lightsaber. Oh, no, I think I have some ideas. Oh yeah, but yeah. So, so yeah. So I mean, it, but that's that's an immature prayer, you know. Right. Do you think I had any? I had no concept of yeah. what relationship with God was. I mean, only the most basic. Um, I didn't know anything that I that I need to be praying for, and I would have. And if God had answered that prayer, then I would have been given a deadly weapon, something that. Yeah entirely against the idea of uh you know god and uh, his standards and his kingdom and i think a lot of times those prayer we the, the the body grows up but the prayer doesn't and so uh yeah those, i was gonna say yeah our yeah. prayers are just as juvenile even as we get right. older just with more i guess adult accepted behavior you know right. i want this because and we like to justify our actions more because we feel like we're an adult so our but we're, we still are like little kids gimme 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 yeah i and, want and, i want i want and what are we going to do with these things that we ask for we may not you know we we may not have an actual deadly weapon but what we have is the tools with which to destroy ourselves and destroy those around us correct which brings us kind of which is not our purpose in life Seamless transition. Um, <laughs> you know, as we're talking about our identity, everything, you know, which is what we've loosely been talking about, which is everything should be done under God. You know, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece created, what, in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. Our prayers, we, we ask juvenile things and things that aren't of God because we want to do, spend things on ourselves or do things that puff ourselves up. Those aren't works of God. Right. So that kind of brings us to the second half. And I know we're, we're about out of time, actually. But for the last couple minutes, you know, we've already hinted at it. But finding our purpose in life, you know, First Corinthians 12 again. Right. We are all different body parts. How do I know that I'm a hand and not a nose? If I spent, you know, like we used that, I just used that example. If the hand keeps praying, I help me be a nose so I can smell and do that job really successfully. It may be a sincere prayer. Mm-hmm. How do I know when I'm a hand asking for the wrong thing? How do I know what my job is and then I'm not asking or trying to do the wrong job? How do I know what my purpose is? And I think that that's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Um, it goes back to uh, two things we've already talked about that yeah. are reflection, mm-hmm. healthy reflection, and uh, humility. 
and especially reflecting in humility. Yep, reflecting Those, in humility. Uh, I like that. Right. And then the third thing is action. Trying it out. You know, uh, I think we, prayer goes in with the reflection, but yeah. Right, right. If we're the uh, the Play-Doh that just sits in the in the little plastic jar and we don't actually, you know, let we don't actually come out of the jar and let uh, the you know, God, you know, mold us into a way that, that, that will glorify him. If we don't try it out, if we don't see what's going on and then honestly reflect on what's going on and let God mold us into the way that he wants us to be, then, you know, we're not doing our part in this. Yeah, I think that action often sometimes might actually need to be in action. And what I mean by that is the action we might need to take is being still. Right. Right. The action might be listening, you know, to then say, okay, God, I want you to use me and help me to understand my purpose. And then not saying, God, I, I want my purpose. I want you to be okay with what I think my purpose is. Well, this no, reminds- it needs to be, I have to be willing to be yeah. molded. And well, if you've known what, if you're trying to move a kid who doesn't want to be moved, He's fighting you. Now, he's being, you know, but a kid who's like, okay, you know, you know, it's just like whenever, you know, you, you know, you're certain, you know, I don't know, certain medical procedures, they want you to, your arm to be real loose. When I got allergy shots, if I tensed up, it, it hurts more. Well, sometimes we don't understand how damaging that spiritual hurt is. Mm-hmm. We just need to be loose and say, God, I want you to just work on me and make it evident where you want me to go. But that requires, again, a lot of humility, but also, like you said, reflection, prayer, you know, maybe yeah. making a list of talents that we already are good at and saying, now, how can I use these things to glorify God? How can I use these things to serve others? You know, yeah. maybe you're really good at some kind of, you know, maybe you're just really good at just making people feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. That should maybe that's how you need to glorify God is walking around and being that listening ear. Maybe you're really good at you know house you know um was it um cooking? Okay, well, be hospitable. Invite people over and provide that that good cooking as a as not a way to you know say oh look how great this person is at cooking, but saying hey let's use this opportunity now to get to know people and meet them where they are. You know, find ways to use even simplest tasks to glorify God and, and serve others. Maybe you're really good at writing. Write encouragement notes to others. You know, how often, you know, the last, when I get a letter in the mail, I am super excited. You know, when I get a text, I'm like, oh, just another message. I get text all the time. I get text all day. You know, when I get a, an email, I, I, I don't read it because I get too many emails. I'm sorry if you email me. I probably won't see it for like a week. And that's because I have bad habits. But, you know, when I get a letter in the mail, I'm opening up before I get back to the door. I'm like, cool, envelope, you know, because it's something different. Maybe you could bring that in, that enjoyment to somebody, that encouragement to somebody. Nathan, I'm going to let you have the last last word, and then we're going to have to go. Um, You know, yeah, I think that's – I mean, it's really important to uh, – I mean, I think you should always be – you should be intentional. Yes. In, yep. in your life. I think that's that's very important. 
But sometimes you have to have the intention to slow down. Yep. You know, that's a spiritual uh, discipline. God, God himself, he made the world in six days and on the seventh, he rested. You know, he took time to reflect and he saw the creation was very good. Um, and then, you know, the Jews in, in going on that, uh, on that precedent, they had the day of the Sabbath where they worked six days. And then on that seventh day, what did they do? They rested and they reflected on all that God had done for them and reflected on who they are. What, what do we have? Uh, every Lord's Day we gather together, we take the Lord's Supper. We reflect on everything that God has done for us and reflect on uh, our relationship with God. And yeah. so sometimes the most intentional thing we can do is to reflect. Absolutely. Those are good closing thoughts, and I think you just picked out the next little series that I'll that we'll be doing. Uh, slowing down is a spiritual discipline, and I think that is a great transition for us to start maybe on this podcast, a study on spiritual disciplines and uh, practicing them because they're hard. They're not supposed to be easy. That's why they call them a discipline. But hey, guys, those of you who are listening and commenting and participating, thank you so much for being here. This is the Crossways Podcast brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and, I'm not going to do it, the Ministry League. We're so excited. We got some good things coming up. I know AMCON is this weekend. Um, Please pay attention to that. Look at that. It's going to be on the Ministry League. And uh, check out that website, ministryleague.com. It's on the app. And uh, I believe a few other places on Facebook. Check it out. Um, Nathan, thanks for being here. We'll be back next week on Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. But for now, I hope you guys have a great day, and we'll see you later.